Hi, I'm Jamie. And I'm Stacey. And this is the Body Smart Podcast. And today we are talking all things body image, the evolution of body image pressure for women, deep fakes, AI, social media, mental health, all of the things, all of those elements that we have to contend with as women. Yeah, and there's so much and it's getting a lot more complicated, uh, I would say as well, almost yeah. unmanageable in a lot of ways. I think a lot of people are a little bit at a loss in terms of like, how do you navigate this new social era? Yeah, and the scary thing is it's affecting women younger and younger. So, I mean, I remember at secondary school, so like 11 plus feeling that pressure, but not really before that. I was yeah. allowed to just be a little girl. Whereas um, there's a recent study that I found that nearly a third of children aged five to six in the US select an ideal body size that is smaller than their current perceived size. Wow. And by age seven, one in four has been on a diet. Which is insane. I yeah, mean, age we, seven. We, get, we actually get a lot of DMs from really young girls, um, mm. which obviously we, we can't give advice to, but we, we try to ask them to speak to the parents. But like, it's, it's heartbreaking to see like an 11 year old DMing asking for help around their weight and body image. Um, and obviously that's something that they're concerned about at that age, which it's like, for me, when I was like 11 years old, I was just kicking a ball around in the yeah. street and riding my bike. I mean, it I was, was still probably playing Barbies. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the fact that it's becoming that much of a thing so early on is, uh, it is, it is really heartbreaking and gut-wrenching. Yeah. But unfortunately it is a very human thing because we are social beings and the need to fit in is like deep wired in our system because that's essentially like as a group of pre-medieval what's the word primeval yeah, it's, it's, a, it's people, a way to survive yeah, yeah yeah you had to fit in with the group you had to not be the one that was excluded from the group so not only like doing everything that everyone else is doing but also coming across as one of the group not the other the mm -hmm. weird different person was yeah. really important yeah so we are hardwired to do it and also there is um you know that theory in psychology where you are the the makeup of the five people closest to you mm -hmm. and whereas in the past maybe that was your five 11 year old mates yeah actually now you've got social media and all these other influences that makes up like a i mean i consider it like screen time it's just going up and up and up i think for maybe sam can get some stats on this but maybe it's like seven to nine hours is like the average teenager is spending on their phones so it's like i mean that's even adults as well yeah so yeah. i mean it, like, it's a it's a crazy amount of time to be spending on something that can have that heavily like taps into like all the psychology of your brain in terms of like keeping you like addicted to it and keeping like your dopamine firing to like so like you just keep swiping for more and more and more and more and more but then also it's heavily influencing those kids and children more than parents are. You know what I mean? If you think about what typical nowadays is that it's not like a one, um, you know, one parent is working and one's maybe at home and that parent's maybe more the dominant parent raising the ch children. Most of the time nowadays, both parents are working and most of the time is being spent for the children at school and on social media. And if you actually look at like yeah. maybe who is raising your kids now, it's possibly the state and social media versus the actual quality time that you have with your kids. Well, yeah, so that's saying an average of eight hours 39 for a teenager on a screen. Um, that is genuinely more time that you're going to spend with your parent because you've got to sleep yeah. at some point. You've got to go to school at some point. Of course. And then the other eight hours are on a screen. So it is quite scary. And actually you think maybe back in the day there were influences like magazines and tv but mm -hmm. that was a very small proportion of your day and it wasn't constant 
And you also felt like if you went and sat in the living room with your kids and they were watching a TV show, you could hear and see what they're watching. Yeah, and you could have a conversation about yeah. it and say like, oh, what did you think about that person's comments? Yeah, versus like you wouldn't typically go on their social media feed and see what they're scrolling through because yeah. that feed is built for them. Yeah. Um, and then also just like even if you went on their feed, you're not seeing the comments they're reading in that feed, the way people are perceived, the way people interact. And if it's for seven to nine hours a day, that is a a stupid amount of influence that is, yeah. that is happening. The other thing that I think is really interesting, um, I saw an article about it and they put it really nicely that there has always been idolized women or idolized celebrities throughout time, whether that was even in like the Greek period, there was mm. like an idealized form of a woman's body. But that used to be like a statue or a celebrity. Yeah. Whereas now... There's all these different platforms for us to look at all these women, not just one thing, mm -hmm. but also there's not a difference between a celebrity whose job it is to look good and everyone else. Yep. So whereas the perception maybe used to be like, oh my God, she looks amazing, but your rational brain could say, well, yeah, because she doesn't do anything else. She's got a personal trainer, a private mm -hmm. chef, mm -hmm. like she doesn't have to sit in an office for eight hours a yep. day. Now you're comparing yourself to people who seem normal. And like you, like yeah. they, they could be the mum with two kids, but looks fantastic. Right. And, and you and and a lot of people do show this highlight reel as well. And it, it does. It's 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 a way of like getting above you and like sort of the the status game. Like, yes. oh look, I'm you. I'm your age. I've got two kids. I work full time. And look how great I look. And it's kind of like, how can you not have comparison? Like that's what you used to always say. Like the worst thing that you could do is go to a uh, school re reunion because you know you basically go back and meet all your peers uh, 10 20 years later and nothing more could be a direct reflection of the, the decisions that you've made than spending time the people with the people you grew up with so it's like straight away if there's people who have been wildly successful and people who haven't or, or people are rubbing it in your face or whatever type of you know status ego wagon game that becomes you are instantly just in this com comparison zone of like yeah. well they've done this and they've done that and i haven't done this and they've got this and it could be depends whatever you deem as success if someone else has got it you're going to compare yourself to them because you grew up with those people but then social media is that on steroids in the sense of you've now got you can go and find the people who look and sound and feel like you and have a similar life and there can be value in that in the sense of they might have other tips that can be really relatable to your circumstance but i would unfortunately say that's probably like the the minority of what's happening it's more like a a comparisonitis if that's yeah and i think it's really interesting track. that you bring up status because for millennia actually being a little bit heavier was a sign of status because that meant you could probably afford to eat a bit more than the majority of people yeah. most people were just struggling to get by and to eat a bit more and be a bit chubby for want of a better yeah. word was a sign of status yeah whereas now in our culture you know you can get food 19 like whatever you want yeah. all the time 24 7 mm -hmm. and actually it's a sign of status that you can afford to go to the gym or you have the time to go to the gym yeah. you're not working two jobs and trying to cook and mm -hmm. trying to look after a house and trying to look after kids you've got the status that you can buy healthy food yeah so being thin in inverted commas yeah how healthy looking is a status symbol it is yeah and, and yeah, i think we've even you know we've even said this before like it's and it's also one of those things that you can't buy so it has to be earned, you know, and that that is that can be like the ultimate flex to an extent. Like mm. you can't buy a fit. I mean, people will listen to this and go, well, you can get surgery and you, can, you can't. You cannot, you cannot give someone surgery to make them fit. You cannot 
give someone surgery to make them healthy. There's like things that people can do to change the Yeah, aesthetics. but there are like female body ideals that don't necessarily need to be fit. Like if you've got the curves in the right places and you wear the right clothes. Yeah. You can get away with a lot. But I mean, I think if you're going down that route of completely focusing like what you value on looks versus mm-hmm. health, it's also a very short-lived path. You know what I mean? Like if you if if you if you really pour into your looks for so long, like how how like it it doesn't like it's gonna go, it's gonna go over time, isn't it? Versus if you were to pour your attention into health, like you could still build you could still build an aesthetic body or a look, uh, you know, like guys who are more muscular or women, you can build a fit, healthy look and strong body. Um, it takes a little bit more work, but it also lasts as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and when, you know, your looks do go over time, it is a part of aging. No, your looks change. Your looks change. That's a much better way of saying it. Yeah, they don't go. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do, you do see this, you know, there's like women, I mean, Liverpool's pretty bad for it, to be honest, but you do see women from a, like, I remember there was personal trainers in the gym I worked on getting Botox at 20. Well, uh, actually, the recommendation is the, the younger you start, the better. To not get the, the creases in yeah, your skin. Yeah, which is bonkers to me. Um, but yeah, I mean, when you say about Liverpool, Liverpool's really bad for it, I was uh, listening to a podcast episode of the El Sarah podcast mm-hmm. the other day, and they had an aesthetician. I don't know how you ever say that word. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but you know, someone who does like fillers and Botox. Mm-hmm. And she was saying there is actually a real culture, or and it is like an echo chamber where there's this culture of looking a certain way because mm-hmm. all your friends look like that. And then all the people that you follow on social media look like that. You want the next like extreme version of that look. And so it becomes like even more extreme and the whole culture itself is like bigging it itself up yeah. even further. And so like the size of fillers that people are asking for and the levels of adjustments. Have you seen this with, this is just like history repeating itself? Cause I feel like this was, if you go back 20, 30 years, it was like with fake fake boobs oh yeah so and then people boobs, went crazy crazy big. crazy big and now yes. it's kind of like almost like retracted and i've yes. actually watched a lot of um a lot of women actually start to get them taken out mm-hmm. because they've started to get like bloodshot eyes or the body started fighting back that you've got it's basically a foreign body yeah you've got a foreign body inside yeah. you and you've got plastic or this this so that that seems to be like what's happening with the lip fillers now seems to be if you it's just like what's more and more and more extreme yeah and you do you just keep seeing bigger and bigger and bigger lips and, um, it's, maybe it's because of that like social status thing well you've got them like that i'm gonna go one next step yeah i, I it, it must be because i've obviously spoken to a lot of men and it's not that i'm here to like judge anyone like i actually people can do whatever they want and as long as it like genuinely makes them happy I, i'm i'm all for it like you do you um but you do you do see some women take it to the absolute extreme and uh when i speak to some other people i'm like is that like, what do you think about that? Like, I'll ask their opinion. And it's just like, it looks, it looks, it looks crazy. Sometimes it looks, um, like jokerish, clownish to mm-hmm. an extent. Like you've got these huge, like stuck on lips and mm-hmm. it's like, wow, where, where's that coming from? You know what I mean? And that's what's interesting. I think about female body image pressure isn't always even about like being attractive to men. Mm. Like a lot of it, I think is into female status play and yeah. like, showing up a certain way for that reason of wanting to fit in, not necessarily to be more attractive to men. Yeah. Which I think, I think I maybe think in the past it was. It's, I think it's always been both. Yeah. Even, even more so. Um, I mean, like if you look at, you know, the, the beauty industry is, is heavily focused at women, isn't it? Whether it comes to makeup and cosmetics and everything else that it goes with versus men. And I think it is because many men do chase the, 
the money status side of things versus like woman women do typically chase more of the looks status side of things i think that's just a little bit hard wired into us and then it's also how it's marketed to us mm-hmm. from a very young age too um but yeah it is it's 100 percent about you know trying to trying to fit in but it's i don't it, it i don't see it being a, a a healthy thing or a good thing and it's mainly because i'm yet to see somebody who's started getting botox, botox and then stopped or started getting uh, lipfillers and then stopped so it's like do you realize what do you once you're doing something like that like that's possibly an expense and something that's maybe detrimental to your health yeah. that you're starting to do now forever well what's um, interesting is actually one of the examples that was, i was going to talk about later courtney black she did used to have fillers and botox and yeah and wear filters and makeup and everything and she put out there about three years ago she was like okay enough's enough i'm going to stop this now mm-hmm. and made that like a decision that she was going to stop having the fillers now conversation t- tangent yes. that she did actually continue to use filters in some of her content mm-hmm. but yeah um, <laughs> i mean that's a whole nother conversation for later on yeah. but so there are people out there who realize do you know what this isn't even me i am going to stop yeah it's you and you can understand why like like i said there's quite a lot of women who have who i've noticed who have started who are like mid 40s and they've started getting their breast implants taken out mm. uh, just because they're noticing that like they don't feel good anymore or they're starting to possibly even get an autoimmune condition because their body's like fighting back against this foreign substance yeah. in their body um, the other thing I think as well, though, is the idealized body changes. So it, when you got them 20 years ago, the idealized body looked like this. Mm-hmm. And then over time it shifts. So if we think about like back in the 20s, that flapper kind of stick up yeah. and down was super popular. Then you went into like the Marilyn Monroe era where it was all like voluptuous and curvy. Then you had like the Twiggy 1960s, yeah. go back to stick thin. Well, who was the, like, uh, the photo that we posted on uh, social media? And it was like the few from the noughties and it was uh yeah uh worked? jessica simpson uh no i mean it was one of her and it was another Mariah one. Oh yeah Mariah people Carey. yeah Mariah Mariah Carey. and they were like literally saying about like her legs were her legs were huge and yeah. i was like she looks tiny yeah and she's and, got really lean muscular yeah. great legs yeah like fantastic legs and it's like back then they were saying like her legs are too big and too muscular so yeah. it's i mean it's always changing and i think it's the difficulty is is like having that north star of like it doesn't matter you know, to, to an extent, like in terms of like beauty standards, they're, they're different all over the world. Like in a lot of Asian countries, it's people are very thin. And like, you know, you go into some shops around oh, Asia yeah. or Japan, it's like, it's, it's, it couldn't be more blatant that they're saying like, you need to be skinny or you mm-hmm. need to be small. Um, and yeah, it just, it changes from, from in different cultures as well. But it's also, yeah, the comparison, the chasing, maybe something that's unrealistic. And then obviously, filters and plastic surgery and cosmetics and it kind of just all continually brings this yeah and this is what we wanted to get into today because like actually there's one thing having this competition if you want to call it that with other women but we've now got to a situation with ai and filters and photoshop yeah that you're not even comparing yourself to other women you're comparing yourself to some idealized creation that mm-hmm. the algorithm knows people find attractive yeah how can you possibly compete with that you ca- you can't and, and it's and it's people are gonna have to start to you know um is it the, the name Mercer? you know yeah. there's a great job of calling some of this stuff out i think there's another lady called 
uh, Saggy Sarah. Oh yeah, she's good. Yeah. And she just put one up the other day and she literally had like edited the waist in on this and then just like changed it to how she actually looks and just tries to show the comparisons. But, you know, these editing apps can be used in, you know, and can do, change the way you look in seconds. Um, and then on top of that, yeah, you've got the AI coming about and then deep fakes and it's all stuff that's on the horizon. Yeah, um, and I think we should probably talk about that just to give a bit more context to the audience because if you haven't been exposed to it, you might be wondering what you want about with the AI. Yeah, so AI is artificial intelligence and now you're able to make videos and photos look extremely realistic or completely real in a matter of just like typing in what you want. So and they're not even based on anything real, they're completely made up. Yeah, but you could, you could say, I want to, you know, make a picture of a woman who's at a waterfall that looks like... I don't know, give me a random woman's name. <laughs> Kim Kardashian. Okay, yeah, Kim Kardashian. But then you could be like, but also has a blend of this and this and this, and it will just generate that image. Yeah. I mean, you could be like, make the hips smaller, make the legs bigger, make the breasts bigger. And you could just create this artificial image of that person. And then you, you but it's not, it's not a person, it's an artificial image yeah. that's been generated in, in seconds. And so what's bonkers now is this whole Instagram profiles of non-people of of fake yeah. creations mm -hmm. but they're unless you go into their bio and like look at it you wouldn't know that you just see a picture that comes up of this like immaculately presented beautiful yeah. woman and in your feed that's just oh my gosh she looks amazing yeah. she's not even a real thing yeah it's bonkers yeah so you're getting you're gonna get that and then you're gonna get ai voices that can sound however you want them to um or could just give a, a voice to that ai image and then deepfakes is being able to basically take, um, is basically able to fake a video. So you, someone could make a video of me and you at this podcast table right now and have us saying some wild shit that isn't us. And it sounds like us, it looks like us, it moves like us. And right now it's, it's okay, but this is the worst it will ever be. As in you could maybe probably tell it was fake. Yeah, so like, you know, if you think about like big podcasters like Joe Rogan or Chris Williamson and Andrew Huberman, uh, those guys are now, because they can basically 100% get their voice pretty perfect. Because there's enough data points to pick Yeah, because they've got enough audio of them. They can pretty much make ads and people are making ads and selling like bogus supplements and crap supplements uh, using their voices uh, and using, you know, clips of them. And it's, it's... I can tell, you know what I mean? But like it's, it'll soon get to the point where I can't tell. Um, and that is, is round the corner. And that's where, you know, Sam, um, one of our editors, Sam and I were doing some research into these AI profiles yesterday. And he was sending me a couple that he was aware of. And there was one he'd sent me, um, Lil Michaela, she's called. Lil Michaela. Yeah, she, she, her bio says 19 year old robot living in LA. So at least she's kind of admitting that she's not a real thing. Um, she has 2.7 million yeah, it's wild. followers. Mm. But like, she kind of still looks a bit ethereal and fake. Right. But then there's other, there's this other one that I found called Fit Aitana. I can't remember, I don't know mm. how you say that. Um, she just looks like a real woman. Right. She just 100% looks like a real woman. Yeah. Um, and then that one mm -hmm. has got basically like an OnlyFans. Oh yeah, there's, I've seen lots of that where they're basically using uh, AI images uh, to run OnlyFans pages. And yeah. some of these pages are making 10, 20, 30K a month, yeah. uh, which is wild, but it just shows you. But what's really interesting is there's two sides to this because I feel like it means oh, real women don't have to subject themselves to that. So mm. maybe it's empowering for women. But then on the other side, you're like, yeah, but then all these men think that that's a real woman and that's what they should expect in real life. 
Yeah, I mean, that's like, that's the half the issues with porn to, to an extent. Is like porn has just made the unrealistic beauty standards, again, just on steroids times a thousand because if men are watching that on a regular basis, which a lot of guys are, then, you know, when you see a woman who's got stretch marks or a woman who's uh, had four kids and breastfed and, you know, you know, there's and your body starts to change and that's normal, but you basically constantly are seeing picture perfect women. Um, the comparison is there, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. For and and that's that's bad for both. That's bad for men and that's also bad for women. Um, and then yeah, you know the the AI images uh, uh, again are just. It's I, I I've said it loads on this podcast and I just think it's always so true because it's it's one of those great songs. It's called uh, "You Should Always Wear Sunscreen." And it's just a line and that that I just sticks with me because it's just, it obviously didn't predict social media coming the way it has, but it says, uh, don't read beauty magazines. They will only make you feel ugly. And th th you know, the message behind that is that if you are constantly comparing yourself to beautiful people, you will feel bad about yourself because, yeah. because it's, and, and if you look at what social media is nowadays, it's just that every, it's that for seven to nine hours a day. Yeah. So how can you, how can you just look at picture perfect people all the time and then go look at yourself in the mirror and not be like, why don't I look like that? Um, and then, yeah, you know, is that driving people's eating decisions, training decisions? Like, I feel like I can almost tell sometimes when I see some people in the gym, whether they're, whether they're like, they're there in the train and they could be lifting weights and doing all good things, but I can have a singular conversation with them and can almost tell like, oh, your, their motivation? your motivation to be here is is not the healthiest at all. And and hopefully, you know, I, I don't think mine was to be honest in the beginning, but it, it did change. Um, but yeah, you can you can see that. And it's like, right, is is a lot of behaviors from people mm. now around food, around fitness, around how they're living their lives, being driven to try and even keep up with these unrealistic standards. Yeah, that's a very interesting angle because there is a bigger emphasis for like, I don't even know what the generation's called for like 20 somethings. Gen Z. Gen Z. Mill millennials and then Gen Z and then side, you know what's before, even before that? Gen yeah. X. Yeah. Gen X. Or Gen Y. Gen Alpha. I can't keep up. It's flipping crazy, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Anyway, we're millennials. We know yeah. that much. <laughs> um, so yeah. Anyway, they are really much more into fitness. Like they'll go to the gym as like mm -hmm. something that is a normal thing to do, even through their teens. But you're right. I wonder how much of that is driven through what we would want people to be the motivation yeah. versus, okay, I need a bigger bum or I need to have a flat stomach or I mm -hmm. need to be seen to be going to the gym. Yeah rather than I want to be healthy. So when I first started going to the gym, like properly, um, it was about 14, 15, and then I took some time off uh, when I was about 16, and it started again 17, and I really took it seriously, like 18 to 19, like just like full commitment for a year and seeing like crazy changes. But even back then, so what, I'm going back 13 years, so 2010, um, no one went to the gym. No one my age went to the gym as a as a 18, 19 year old. Let alone women. Yeah, yeah. So like, like as in like a 20 year old woman. No, like no, no one went. Like all the lads that I knew, all the guys that I knew played football, uh, went to the pub, played pool, like just done like more sporting events mm -hmm. and like hung out. No one went to the gym versus even a lot of lads now my age go to the gym. And like, yeah, like I think some of it is from a health side of things, but I also think like men have wildly become more conscious around how they look and how they're perceived, especially through the influence that they're getting through social media. 
Yeah. And there was one study I found actually around like exposure to thinness promoting, this study called it thinness promoting media. And it did predict like disordered eating and comparison with others and body dissatisfaction. And it was mainly focused on thinness promoting media for women, as in like the women that it mm. promoted were thin and put that on a pedestal. And so it had that effect on the women, but equally it had an effect of men's decisions for their own bodies as well. So right. it did predict the more that a man saw this type of thin ideal woman in inverted commas, the more likely they were to be dissatisfied with their bodies and to be on a diet and that they expected women to yeah. look like the pictures and be on a diet. Mm -hmm. So it is really toxic. It's not just affecting women, it's affecting everyone. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt, just a quick ask. If you are enjoying this podcast, we do ask if you would go and hit that subscribe button because our goal is to be able to help all of you guys become body smart. And the way we can do that is by getting better guests on, more experts, and the bigger this podcast gets, the more guests we can get on here. In, in a, and it is, and that's, that is causing just like almost like a deficit in a, in a relationship to an extent. And then obviously increased exposure. Um, Yeah, I mean... And I think, like, I've met, like, so many people who have got, like, hundreds of thousands of followers or millions of followers, and it's such a highlight reel. Every time I meet one of these people and I've, like, followed them for a while, I'm, like, what they show versus what you see with spending, like, half a day with them or even a couple of hours, I'm, like, oh, wow, you're so, you're so different than what I perceived. And I know a lot of people do come across, like, really authentic and genuine, and, and you know, for some of those people, that is the case, but people are showing you what they choose to show you. And that, that's it at the end of the day. And some people will show you like the, 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 the bad times as well as the good, but most people are just showing you the good times. Yeah. And I think that causes those deficits in like, oh, my relationship should be like theirs. Look how happy they are all the time. Look how perfect their house is. Look how perfect their family is. Look how, you know, it's just like, and it's like this constant, like everyone just is on social media for all this time, looking at all these other people living their best lives. And it's like, why isn't my life like that? And mm -hmm. it's just like, you can understand why that's going to make you feel a bit depressed and like yeah. un unsatisfied with your current current life. Uh, one thing that I find really powerful, and I always say when we talk about this, is you can actually select what you see though. So the algorithm does react to what you like and interact with. Actually, um, if you could, you're really good at this. If you could explain <laughs> what the algorithm is and how it works, that'd be great. It's uh, the, the algorithm nowadays. There's on Instagram. There's actually three types of feeds. So on your stories, it's called a, a social-based feed. You'll only see people on stories who you follow, unless it's an ad. Um, so that's a social-based feed. That's only people you follow. Then in your actual feed, you'll get a, a mixture of social and interest. So social is people you follow who have posted. And then interest-based is what they predict you'll be interested in. Uh, and then if you go into like the Reels feed, that is just an interest-based feed, which just showing you stuff it believes you will be interested in and, and will watch. Um, now TikTok is all interest based, so it's you, you'll typically not really see people that you follow, um, and YouTube is a mixture of the two. Your people you've subscribed to, and then people it believes you'll be interested in, and that's what you see when you get to like the end of a video on YouTube, and it gives you recommendations. That's like that's what it believes from knowing your digital profile. You will watch, but you can you can hack this to a degree. So you can um, one unfollow lots of people or mute lots of people that you don't want to see more of their content or you feel is not making you feel great and then like if you were to just go on and, and go on your search feed and just type in like 
puppies <laughs> and then just watched like 20 puppy videos, 30 puppy videos, you will start getting suggested puppy videos uh, in, as a part of your feed. And again, like I've used puppies in, as an example there, but you can do this with, with anything. Like a lot of my feed is created around personal development, business, uh, developing new skills and humor. Because like for me, when I go there on, on social media, I'm like, oh, I can learn something new. I can get different insights and perspectives from people who are you know, really su successful. I kind of see it as like a cheat code. Like 30 years ago, I couldn't get access to billionaires or multimillionaires or people who are really successful in certain fields. I can be like, oh, and they share like a bit of insight of what works. I'm like, that's, that's smart. Or I can be like, I don't agree with all what, what you've just said there, but I agree with that. And then you can just take all these little snippets and apply it to your life. Um, and all, you, you know you can acquire all these new skills and hacks, which I think is is fantastic that you've got access to the, a wealth of people. And then the other side for me is like humor. Like it's always good to have a good a good laugh. You mm -hmm. know, what I mean? it always changes your state in a really positive way. H however, previously I used to be well too obsessed with just like changing my body, being more ripped, being lean, being bigger, and my feed was just constantly filled with ripped men, shredded guys, big jack guys who were lifting big weights competing on stage posting photos of them when they compete which they don't look like you know the other 364 days of a year and like that was my comparison and it wasn't i i had become aware of it and was like this needs to change uh, i made a point of unfollowing all those people and then you know kind of going down the road i've just spoken about yeah and just by unfollowing you're telling the algorithm actually this kind of thing doesn't interest me as much yeah. anymore and so your interest feed even changes it's mm. not just the people you follow you've changed you've managed yeah. to give it a bit of a heads up like stop yeah. showing me stuff like this um so i think that's a very useful thing that someone can go and do and also on the other flip side there are people like we've mentioned already like danae mercer and brie Linehan and saggy sarah who intentionally go the other way to highlight all the yeah. bullshit so if you've still got you know what? i do really like following that person because they give me lots of insight but they do make me feel a bit less worthy. Mm -hmm. Like maybe just balance that out by having some other people that you follow that remind you, yeah. don't forget, it might be a filter. Don't mm -hmm. forget, it might just be the right angle and some lighting that makes someone look yeah. good. Um, and or, I think if you've got the balance. Yeah, or don't forget, like some people just have great fucking genetics and it's like, it is, it is what it is. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I, I've been in that place before where I've literally looked at other people and been like, it's not fair that they have this. And it's like, that as soon as you get into that like point, you just doesn't serve you at all. Like um, I, I could say about, you know, and you, we all, we always look at the things that we don't get, don't have and say like, oh, I wish I had that of that person or this of that person. It's just like, it's just such a, you're just not empowering yourself in, in any way. Um, And you know, for me, like I'm dyslexic and I struggle to, I've struggled to spell pretty much my whole life. And I've, for the last five years, I've used Grammarly. I have to, proofread everything which is like a plugin best thing i've ever used by the way anyone who struggles with spelling like <laughs> learn more using that over the past five years than ever did in school and simon over here has been our, our <laughs> my spell check i should have say for the past years prior to that but like it's i could just look at that and take that sort of victim mentality of like oh it's not fair that i'm dyslexic and this is so much harder for me and people can do this so much faster and it's just like what how does that serve me instead of being like right this is this just is what it is i'm gonna kind of just have to accept that and look at developing other skills to work around it um because you otherwise you do just get into that pointing the finger and going well they're so much more privileged than me and they have this and they have that and it's just like i just think once you get into that mindset you, you're becoming a victim yeah. uh, and, and sometimes it's a victim of circumstances sometimes you just you know like 
some people do just like I, some people just win the genetic lottery but then it's just like do they like you just don't know what's going on behind closed doors well this is the other thing like you can look at someone and be envious of the one angle of their life that you see doesn't necessarily mean you'd want to swap places with their whole life no not at all and if even if you look at like what we revere as like success in society like there's there's just a there couldn't be more clear to me now as i've just like studied business and people who are really successful for a long period of time near enough all if not all people who are hyper successful have been driven there by very 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 dark demons mm. um and that is the being the fuel to the fire to allow them to get to those places so some people are like oh i really wish i could be tiger woods and it's like if you go and look at like what tiger woods childhood was like and what he went through would you have swapped shoes like really um pro probably not you know what i mean it's like and i think you can see this in in lots of things you know yeah. what I mean? where people look at someone and put them on a pedestal but like you don't see the sometimes the darkness that's taken them there for that to happen yeah uh, and again that's that's that there couldn't be more of a perfect uh analogy for social media you're seeing the the smallest snippet of what you perceive as success and not all the bullshit behind that yeah or even just like not, not even all the bullshit like well i guess it is because it's just not real like if it's a filter or if it's this or yeah. if it's ai but even not even it has to be that traumatic or it has to all be bullshit but like if you look at somebody on instagram and you think oh my god they've got an amazing physique i would love to look like that would you like to eat like them 365 would you yeah. like to go to the gym as much as they do would you like to not have any children mm -hmm. like you can't compare their life without looking at it as a whole like you have to think do i want to do all of the inputs to get that output mm -hmm. rather than just looking at the output and i think that's the danger with social media it, it, there are accounts that are not like that there are people who are a lot more honest about yeah. the effort that it takes to look good or mm -hmm. They're more honest about like, hey, I'm not perfect. Like this is what happens when I don't feel like blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. um, but it is very easy to just look at the very nice pictures and go, God, that would be lovely. Yeah, it would be, wouldn't it? And it's, but it's it's not reality. And and, and over time, if that's what you feed in your mind, it's, it, it's going to become, it's going to become a slow drip for you to poison. Mm -hmm. And you have to take the initiative and the awareness of that. Because um, those social media platforms are not going to unfollow those people for you. They're just going to keep, they're literally just going to keep feeding whatever they, they can to you to keep you on the platform for as long as possible because then they can run more adverts and make more money. Yeah. It's a, it, that's, that's pretty much how they run and they're going to continue to keep doing that. Well, this is the thing. What is, what is next? Because Instagram's only been around 13 years and like the impact it has now is huge. The influence it has and even just like we've talked about today, the AI, the fake profiles in 13 years, that's a huge change in our social mm -hmm. behavior. What's the next 13 years got in store? I mean, I've, I, I can't predict the future. If I were to say what's, what's coming in the future, it's probably, I actually don't know if it could be the end of creators as a whole, um, mm. as in like your social media feed will become completely artificially generated through artificial voices and feed you the exact feed with the exact sounds, noises, pitches, and movements that you enjoy watching the most at that time in your life. And it will probably be succinct to your heart rate and your heart rate variability and your menstrual cycle. And it will know that, hey, on day 21 of your cycle, you feel exactly like this and you typically act in this way. So we're gonna feed you content that keeps you on the platform for this much longer. And it will all be it will all be compu computer generated. Which basically just makes me want to delete all of the apps. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, it's uh, I and I, I guess you know as much as like we could, this is quite negative to be honest, and it's all a bit like dark and scary, and we don't know what's going to happen, but we always navigate our way through it. And I, I think there's, you know, for, for me, you know, social media has been just a wealth of information and I've been able a uh, wealth of knowledge, should I say. Um, I've been able to learn so much, apply so much and been able to meet some fantastic people. And I think it's, we just have to look at it like a tool, just like we've had tools throughout the whole of human history. And this is a tool and it's a very, very powerful one. So you have to be careful with how you kind of wield mm. it. But if you do use it to your advantage, it can be one of the, the greatest tools that you possess, but you do, you do, you know, it's that, uh, Spider-Man quote, is it? Oh, I don't know it. Uh, with great power comes great responsibility. Yeah, is that a Spider-Man quote? Is it a Spider-Man quote? Uncle Ben and Spider-Man, it probably comes from someone else, but he basically says with great power comes great responsibility. And there is a lot of power in the, the phone. It's not a phone. It's like a supercomputer nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, you, you can, you can really wield that to your advantage if you've got the right the right steps in place. Yeah, and I think um, always having that in the back of your mind to have a critical eye whenever you see anything because we were all brought up to like not believe everything you read in the papers or, mm. you know, understand that there's maybe some kind of angle that they're trying to get across. And that is now being taught to kids. But yeah. if you missed that part because you were already a grown-up, mm. you actually have to remind yourself every now and then like, okay, maybe this isn't 100% real. Maybe there are filters. Maybe there are people who are trying to just show the best parts of their lives and I need to just remind myself. Yeah. And I don't think that's going to change either. So it is just a case of being aware of it. But yeah, just, you know, if there's somebody that you regularly see on your feed, you've just got to kind of start to ask yourself a question. Like, is this serving me? Is this making me happy? Am I not feeling great about it? Am I comparing myself to her or him? And um, if over time you've seen that a couple of times and you've asked yourself that question, just unfollow, you know, or unmute if you don't feel like you can unfollow because it's a friend or family or someone else um and it, it does you can start to really cur curate your feed in a way that's that's positive like a lot more positive and if you know coming back to what you said a little bit earlier you know you are the the, the five people that you spend the most time with social media is is probably one two and three of that five nowadays um so making sure that that is having an influence on you which is in, in a, a really positive way um is, is super important i, I just had a, a business a business event the last week and last time I went to one, I met this guy there called Tim and he's 21 and he's got like a couple of million pounds, you know, sort of business. And I'm like, I was like, I'm like, I thought I was young when I started business at like 24. This guy's like 21 and started when he was 15. I was like, how? And he was like, started following Gary Vee at 15, started learning about business, done Ty Lopez's course. And I was like, wow. I was just like a little bit in awe. You know what I mean? He started, I was like at 15, I was like, I didn't even know I was Xbox and driving my <laughs> bike, you know what I mean? Um, but I was like, fair play, you know what I mean? It's like he, in a sense, has been able to use a lot of that wealth of information and, and apply it and build a business and, and is doing some great things. And that's that's amazing to watch. But, you know, like I guess that's like on the other side of it. If you do grab the ball by the horns and you do, uh, and you are conscious and mindful of this, and if you, and like obviously if anyone's listening, they can do it for themselves, but equally like, can you help do that with your kids? You know, what a great exercise to do where you sit down with your kids and you, you, maybe you can't have that seven to nine hours with them a day, but can you be mindful of who they're following and what they're seeing and what they're watching? And, and get them asking questions. Yeah. And, you know, like, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of like, hey, like, what did you, you're not going to get the phones off them. You're not going to get them off social media. Not if they're like in the teens. 
it's like, hey, like, what did what did you, what did you watch today? What did you learn? You know, what you what did you consume? What do you find funny? Like, ask them some questions to the point where like you're being like, okay, this 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 thing is playing a huge impact on my child's life. Like, I'm not going to be able to fully control it, but maybe I can have a really positive influence. Mm. Maybe I can ask some questions and come at it with a you know, a, a different sort of approach instead of like, why are you doing that? Or why are you, you know, you, you just, you have to kind of look at it a little bit like. You have to embrace it in order to be able to get on side with it, hey? Yeah, because if you just attack your kids and say you shouldn't be doing that, like it's just never going to work, is it? It's like, I just, I just look at a lot of stuff like that, like sales, you know what I mean? Sales is just trying to get someone to do what you want them to do. And like, you, if you're going to be the wiser old parent in that, in that, <laughs> in that sense, which you basically are, you know, you, you want the best for your kids. So, you know, learning how to communicate them in an effective way to get the outcome that you believe is best. You know, there's so many things that I done when I was a kid and I hated at the time. And then I look, as I've got older, I've gone, thanks for making me do that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, with my parents, um, like I had like a paper round, I had two paper rounds when I was 13. I hated it. Did you? Oh yeah. Who wants to get up at par five in the morning when you're Mm. that age? Fair. Yeah, you know, and it's and like no one else in school is doing it. Why am I? You know, and it's like, <laughs> but it's like it taught me the value of money, and it, at a very early age, and um, taught me like you know getting a routine and being disciplined, and, and it just you know when I was going out and spending money, I was like, oh, I've earned this, and I seen a different value of money than some of the other kids I was spending time with did, um, and at the time I hated that as well. Mm. But then it's you can kind of see why they done that from a younger age, um, and the importance of it. So I, I and just. Like I said, just with this, seven to nine hours a day is just an in- insane amount of time. It is. And I know you said, well, social media is probably going to be one, two, and three. Like, we're not going to get rid of it. The genie's out the bottle. Mm-hmm. But you can also maybe limit your time on it. And I know there's a tendency to just, oh, I've got a spare 10 minutes. I'll just pick up my phone and scroll. Yeah. Like, maybe pick up an audiobook or a podcast or play a brain training game or mm. like do something else. I'm yeah. not saying that you should never go on Instagram, but if you realize actually it is taking over more of my time than I would really choose if I was conscious about this, yeah. do something else. It's hard. It I've had really to hard. try very hard not to be that person that the minute I'm in a queue or the minute I'm just sat on a train, I just get my phone out. Yeah, I, I've had to think about like, make sure I take a book with me or make sure I've got some work to do I can't just sit there, which is like next step. Yeah, Yeah, like that's the next step for me. Um, But if you do practice, it is something that's possible. And then you start to reduce the influence that that has because it's not such a constant. It's not so much of your time. Yeah, the phone is just the adult dummy or the adult pacifier. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The second we're bored, it's just like, whoop. And it does, yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely something to be mindful of. I actually have two alerts that you can set in settings on Instagram. So I have one. That is a 10 minute alert Ooh. and it basically just comes up and it brings up like a time wheel. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So I am, um, I'll try and find it in a sentence, but yeah, it's, it comes up at, at 10 minutes. So if I've been on it for 10 minutes, it's kind of just like a cue. That's really good. And I, sometimes if I'm in, if I'm deep into a hole, I'm just like, okay, I'm just <laughs> keep going. But most of the times I'm like, that's enough. Like 10, like, cause 10 minutes is quite a long time, really, in be, terms of your busy life. Oh yeah, it is. You know what I mean? But it's, um, it's, it's crazy how quick that can go. And it's also, if you just look at like how dopamine works, that first 10 minutes is probably the most entertaining, satisfying, enjoyable for you. Once you go into like 10 to 20, 20 to 30, like that's when it just becomes more numbing and numbing and numbing. And you almost have that addictive behavior that, you know, this isn't good for me anymore, but you just keep doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've one that I've got on, which I'll be 
I'm proud to say I haven't had that come up in a while. Uh, is I have, I have a two hour one, so it's a it's oh a, wow, <laughs> no, it's long. Yeah, but that's like in throughout a whole day. Okay. Oh, yeah. like so, a cumulative one. Yeah, like a cumulative one. Oh, that's one. really good. So yeah. this is within Instagram. It's this not is, a separate this app. This is in, within Instagram. Yeah. Well, so. they don't promote this, do they? <laughs> I've had uh, the guy who's uh, sorry. What's the the Instagram's head guy Mo? Mosery, yeah like i follow him and he brought this up and, and showed it and i was like oh that's interesting so i went into the settings and put that up um and sometimes you know i might be on there and spend an hour doing ask me a question so that can rack up a, a time but i actually used to find the time i'd spend the most time on my phone would be when i was hungover uh, and then i would equally feel the worst because i've spent like two hours like the second that ever goes off i'm instantly like probably phone under a pillow <laughs> i'm like that's a that is enough you know for especially with how much i value my time um but yeah there are like little things that you can do like that's like it's a it's a cue to get you to to i think that's an ultimate life pack. hack i can't believe it didn't i didn't know it existed we'll have to we'll have to find it yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll share it in the podcast notes or something you know yeah. like the, how to how to add these settings on because it does it makes a really big difference yeah because sometimes well not sometimes most of the time you completely lose track mm-hmm. you just you go down a rabbit hole yeah and then before you know it, all this stuff that we've been talking about, it isn't conscious that you're thinking, oh my God, I want to be like her. Oh my God, I want to be like her. Yeah. It's all subconscious. It is. And the more you expose yourself, the more you're creating that, like, this is normal. I should be like this. This is normal. Yeah. Yeah. I've also got as well, um, I'll show you this. I've got this uh, three taps on my power button and it makes it go into called grayscale. So if you look at my phone now, it's oh, so it looks a bit more boring. Yeah. So if you were to go on like Instagram now, it's like, it's no way near as entertaining because it's all in black and white it's all in black and white mm. so that's a way like i try to leave that on throughout the day because and i have my phone like do not disturb permanently but it's like if i pick it up i just try to leave that on it's like nothing is as stimulating because you're losing the colors um yeah again they're just it's it's it is so difficult because everything from like the food that we're getting nowadays highly palatable made by design uh, the way food's served up to us, you know, everything's making us move less. Then you've got all this social media hacking. Like we are fighting against our physiology and psychology so much nowadays, just to to feel just good, to be normal. <laughs> just to be normal. Yeah. But you know, you do, you do have to start to raise that awareness about it. Otherwise, you will just fall into the pit. Yeah, absolutely. So I will make sure those tips and settings go in the notes. So yeah. if you're listening now, go to the description of the episode, and you'll be able to see how to do that. Definitely. Amazing. Well, hopefully that's um, made you critically think a little bit about what you're consuming and made you feel a bit better, hopefully, that you're not alone if you've been comparing yourself and feeling a bit less than. Got Definitely. A few, and a few tips on how to change that up. So thanks for being here as always. Hey, everyone. If you've been listening to the podcast and enjoying the episodes, we'd love it if you could go and give us a quick review so we can keep cutting the BS and getting better and better.